everybody. Welcome to our next episode of Talking Doctor Who. We are covering the fifth and sixth episode of season 12. We're talking about Fugitive of the Judoon and Praxius. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. I know we're kind of late, especially with the big reveals in this, in one of these that, uh, but you know, we've just been super busy, but I'm excited to be able to talk about them. And I'm joined by my good friend, Jonathan North is here. Hey. Yes. So how have you been doing? Pretty good. <clears throat> good. I uh, I made it through Sundance. <laughs> I finished <laughs> 26 movies in 10 days. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it was pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really good, it's a good experience. It's a, it, it really, uh, uh, it, it, it forced you out of your comfort zone, saying th- seeing things that you wouldn't normally see. And I think mm-hmm. that's the best thing about it. So it was a lot of fun, but, and also it was kind of funny because there's a movie called Tesla uh, that I saw with Ethan Hawke. That's very weird. Uh, Like at one point, like they break the fourth wall at certain times. And then at one point Tesla is singing karaoke and, and, and there's times when all of a sudden Edison will be using an iPhone. It it's, it's really wacky, but, and I enjoyed it, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just kind of fun because uh, we just barely had uh, mm-hmm. Tesla on Doctor Who, and uh, and it was you know Doctor Who's kind of wacky. So I've sort of felt almost felt like Doctor Who ish <laughs> kind of movie uh, to uh, to Tesla, but there's definitely one to look out for if you uh, if you can handle something that's quirky, weird, and <laughs> it sounds like it would be up my alley. Yeah, it it really it was it was. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, but let's get started with this first, this fifth episode, Fugitive of the Judoon. And we only have two more episodes left and then a two part finale. Hmm. So that's pretty exciting. Seems After. like we just started. And I know, doesn't it? I know. The season is so short. <laughs> yes. So you have the characters, the Judoon that are searching Gloucester for a fugitive. And we have seen the Jadoon uh, in uh, Doctor Who before, correct? Yes. Yeah. They've been in two episodes of Doctor Who and one, I think it was a two-part episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures, which is mm-hmm. one of the spinoff se- series from Doctor right. Who like a decade ago or so now seems crazy that it was that long ago but it probably was i don't remember Mm -hmm. exactly what year but it's been a while now yeah according to wikipedia it was a 2009 oh yeah so right about that right about a decade then okay yeah so and i guess they originally appeared on when david Tennant was on yes his his first episode in the martha season so that would have been season three and I think they also came in on the last episode of season four. Yes. So there's a bunch of reveals in here and uh, a lot of stuff going on. The, do- the, the doctor is uh, with Lee and Ruth Clayton, a married couple. And <clears throat> there's a, uh, um, a woman who is uh, named, uh, or Ruth is uh, a, a, uh, a tour guide uh with uh in gloucester and she is uh 
you think she's kind of shy and and there's another person who is in love with her at, at the uh at the bakery i think it was mm-hmm. and uh thinks that this guy lee is no good no good for ruth and that that i don't know if that that plot didn't really go anywhere as far as the the love triangle thing no it, it really didn't it was sort of weird <laughs> but uh basically uh you have uh then you have graham ryan and yaz that are transported to a spaceship and so you have kind of these two uh sections going on what did you think of the dune in the at least in the start of this episode i like them uh-huh. they're i i really like when they bring back old monsters old creatures from past episodes some people think it's i don't know leaning way too heavily on the past and using it as a crutch but i don't care i really like that they brought them back and i was excited to see them again mm-hmm. so they're kind of basically like bounty hunters is that correct yeah they they're they're i think they call them like intergalactic police for hire but really it it it's they basically perform the same function as a bounty hunter yeah yeah and so lee ends up getting killed by the by by the jadoon and uh and then uh you have the doctor and ruth being surrounded by the jadoon and you find out that ruth has this big power uh that (laughs) that the doctor's like what's going on here (laughs) why do you have this why is the sonic screwdriver sensing such power what's going on and so that sort of that starts to kind of get things going and then we find out that uh that ryan yaz and graham this the the spaceship that they're on is piloted by jack harkness Mm-hmm. And so I was curious about this with you that we've now had the master return. We've had Jack Harkness return and we're going to have another we'll talk about in a second. Is there too much of that? Too much kind of leaning on nostalgia, too much too many things returning <laughs> instead of doing new things. I don't know because ordinarily this would seem like I mean, yes, it does seem like it's a lot for one episode, and mm-hmm. maybe it would seem like it's too much, but I mean, after the disappointing last two episodes, this one was just such a huge breath of fresh air, I guess. Mm-hmm. this It really felt to me like I was back in like peak Doctor Who, and peak Doctor Who for me is like season three, season four. That was like the best years of Doctor Who, and I, I have nothing against what came later i love matt smith love mm-hmm. peter capaldi i've always been a fan of doctor who right along but the first four seasons were like the best for me anyway yeah, right. i just love them and this yeah. felt like that like i've i haven't felt like this watching doctor who in a long time and i had all the big reveals spoiled for me before i even watched it so to have me knowing what's going to happen in the whole episode and still feeling halfway to giddy while i'm watching it like this is so great this is so exciting i was just thrilled with Mm -hmm. this episode Mm -hmm. 
So, so maybe it is too much for some people, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, he's played by John Barrowman, who was in, uh, who's always played him, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, we saw it, we talked about him in, uh, when we were talked about season one. Yeah. So and he has, he comes back for at least two episodes later on. And then he had a whole spinoff, which I still haven't watched, but you've seen probably most of his episodes by, by this point, yeah. I think. I so mean, even though you've, you're not completely caught up. At least now that we're talking about something in the past, you you actually have seen it. So yeah, exactly. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, and I mean, they it just does it does feel like boy, they're gonna have a lot to tie up in the next uh, two episodes and then two part finale yeah. with <laughs> with the master out there somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. they're surely gonna bring him back. That's not all we're gonna see of him, right? who knows like they're talking like captain jack isn't even coming back and this was just a one-off thing and i'm like i really hope they're lying yeah because why bring him back for this i mean it was it's more it's more than a glorified cameo but he was really he was hardly in the episode at all he never even met the doctor so it seems pointless to bring him back just to deliver one cryptic line about the last cyberman or whatever it was and then never see him again for the rest of the season. Same with the master. It seems like they're setting something up with him and Gallifrey. It's like they better be going somewhere with this because they the last season was spent taking no no looking back at previous seasons. Like it was all standalone up until like the New Year's special where you have the Dalek return. But this season it's like they're 180 reversing the last season bringing in all this stuff from the past which is fine but i really hope they have an end game planned and they're not just throwing everything they can into the show with no real plan right yeah exactly so ruth she her memories have been kind of wiped uh free so she doesn't remember but she starts to get kind of triggered uh she gets a text from lee that brings back these different memories she ends up at this lighthouse and uh and so so the thing with her memories is there is an episode that you have not seen yet that deals with something that the time lords have that basically rewrites their dna and memories to make them human or i guess it could be any species but so that they can hide somewhere without really even knowing they're hiding so basically she had become completely human okay and was hiding on earth so so that's what that whole thing was with the thing in the lighthouse that was where her memories i guess were hidden when she Mm -hmm. broke open the thing that's when you saw like the glowing light and everything that was her memories returning that that's been in a that's been in a previous episode in season three, which eventually hopefully we'll get there and you'll know exactly what all this is. But that was a callback to something that happened in a previous season. Well, doesn't she basically find her TARDIS? Yes. Yeah, there in the lighthouse, and uh, and so Hark- Jack Harkness he sends the companions all back uh and with a message 
for the doctor and then he he goes away and uh so they are with the doctor and uh and then once the doctor uh finds the tardis uh she is confused because she finds out that you know ruth says this is my this is my tardis and that's when we find out that ta-da ruth is a doctor and so yeah you had been spoiled but was it a pretty pretty good moment for you yeah they 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 set it up perfectly like it's disappointing that i didn't get the shock of finding that out but i knew what was coming and i just loved watching it unfold because they were it was written so well and it was shot so well and the build up to it was just perfect it was so good yeah it was really fun and really surprising i you know will she have to be counted as the 14th doctor or well right now they're not saying where she comes in the timeline because neither doctor neither her nor the rose doctor remember being the other so we don't know what's going on with that we don't know why if if she comes before the doctor we have now why doesn't the doctor we have now remember being her and if she comes after why doesn't the ruth doctor remember when she was our doctor Mm-hmm. So right. we've got to figure out what's going on with the memories there. Like why don't one of, at least one of them should remember being the other. So that's a whole nother mystery in itself. Is it possible? Are there, uh, is it possible she could be another person from another time Lord from Gallifrey and not be our doctor as we know it, but a whole nother being, uh, or is there only one doctor? I mean, I suppose it's possible, but there's, like, they did some sort of a scan thing, and it said they were the same person. So, like, they were the exact same person, just at different points in their life. So, unless they were lying about that, it's pretty clear that it's the same person. We just don't know any of the circumstances surrounding her existence like where did she fit in to the doctor's life okay that makes sense so uh, because they show the vision of gallifrey to the the head of the jadoon and to her and to her so that made me wonder if maybe she i mean i guess because we have the master so we do have another time lord Mm mm-hmm so the one the one woman in the show she was a time lord as well before she died that was gat is her name yeah she was a time lord as well Oh, okay but i don't think she'll be regenerating because of the circumstances surrounding her death Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly how that all works but i'm assuming like being fully disintegrated means you can't regenerate now this is uh, we've seen uh gallifrey keep getting destroyed that seems to be a big i mean that's probably going back to sort of the themes of conservation and and all those kind of things that seem to be very important i don't really know what what they're where they're going with the gallifrey story because gallifrey that at the beginning of the new doctor who series back in 2005 gallifrey was gone like it didn't exist anymore because of the time war then you find out that oh it does exist it was just 
hidden away in another universe to protect it from the time war then it's back but then in another universe or it's and like it keeps getting hidden or destroyed i i'm not sure of the exact timeline of all the events but it keeps getting pushed out out of the show in some way mm-hmm. only to be brought back and then gotten rid of quickly which that's kind of frustrating because it seems like maybe lazy writing because they want the doctor to be alone like a big thing with the mm-hmm. new series is the doctor is the last time lord even though he she is not they are not the last time lord because the master is still around right and then you have this other one that was there there's there's been a few other time lords here and there and really it's a time travel show so really there should be time lords everywhere just going through time right it's just it's kind of confusing and it seems like they're taking an easy way out by destroying it all the time but at the same time it doesn't seem like it's easy because it's not written in such a way that it makes absolute perfect sense but sometimes that's doctor who for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the the doctor is basically left in gloucester by ruth and she meets up with the companions and they have the message from her um, jack harkness and that he sent with them and so all we know is that the doctor feels like something is coming for her that there's danger out mm-hmm. there we we don't know what the message said and so yeah and that's kind of how it ends up but it was a pretty it was a pretty jam-packed episode that's for sure yeah it really was it was fun it was really fun yeah it's my favorite of the series of the season so far mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite episodes we've had in a long long time yeah yeah so did you like uh this joe martin playing ruth did you like that i thought she was great yeah she was she was great i really really hope we see more of her yeah it would be it would be weird to go to all that trouble introducing a a new new doctor i mean and i even i liked her uh her outfit i thought was cool and yeah yeah it was really good and so i'm very curious what they're gonna do with that i figure they Mm -hmm. gotta at least explain it they better yeah they really had better i'm gonna be so annoyed if we get to the end of the season and we don't have any explanation Mm -hmm. because the next episode praxius we it's like it didn't even happen it's just it's just a standard episode (laughs) yeah so i was kind of confused by that although this was a pretty crazy episode this is one of the more horror kind of ones uh and there were a couple things in this one that were really hard for me to watch i admit i closed my eyes at certain parts i'm like ah because the the uh it's basically about this this disease that it is uh is brought here by aliens because they're trying to find an antidote or something mm-hmm. um, that it's taken over their whole planet and uh and they figure oh well you are fine with all these horrible plastics you'll be fine with this and uh and so they st- it starts spreading 
and so then the doctor and the companions have to try to find the antidote and they're all over the world that this was definitely probably a pretty expensive one to make i think with all these set pieces that they had yeah it probably was because they were at a lot of places yeah definitely and uh and so i mean so first of all there's this whole scene at the beginning with all of these birds that are attacking i mean there is no way you could get me to stay out overnight in a tent when all those birds are there i i've told this story on hallmarkies podcast but i've always been a little bit skittish when it comes to animals i'm not familiar with uh i have a bit of a uh, a bit of an awkwardness about it and that that gets scared and especially wild animals that aren't like domesticated but but anyway and when i was uh on my mission to, for my church uh there was a family that had literally like a whole row of birds they probably had 10 to 12 birds in cage you know these cages and uh and i it was just that kind of thing's just not for me and uh but you know i was trying to be nice and these two kids in the family they're probably 10 to 12 ish kind of a thing they thought it would be really funny because they knew how spooked i i got around animals they thought it would be really funny for them to throw their bird at me and they would be this joke and (laughs) and so i'm just like walking along and all of a sudden whoo there's a bird right in my face (laughs) Mm. and i mean it's horrible for the bird of course but it completely freaked me out Mm -hmm. and ever since then i'm always just like oh the birds i don't (laughs) like birds i don't like leave me alone and that whole scene with the birds was not my favorite (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah i don't like birds the alfred hitchcock movie or (laughs) just any of those things i mean i respect it because i i realize that it's scary but but uh but yeah birds not my favorite (laughs) so this one um and then just this the uh the people that get infected by this by this virus they uh they start having these scales all over their body and it was pretty gnarly i thought yeah it was it was kind of weird but i don't think it really grossed me out it didn't really oh man and and the, the 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 scales grow and grow and grow until you completely dissolve as a person mm-hmm. i thought it was pretty gnarly i really did and so there's a bunch of different characters in this uh you have uh the you have the doctor and then the companions and uh you have uh, this blogger named Gabriella, who is with her friend who gets attacked by the birds and <laughs> i didn't like it i didn't like that at all that, that whole scene at the beginning just seemed so dumb to me because they were going to this place it was supposed to be this beautiful waterfall then they find it's all taken over with trash Ew. and they just decided to camp there anyway i know you could not pay me to camp there. i was like what <laughs> why would you stay in a trash pile i have no idea 
Like you got to be able to go somewhere else. Yeah, like just even hiking. just go back into the jungle. Like I would rather stay under the trees than li- than sleep yeah. in literal garbage. Right. Yeah, it was disgusting, but it was still creepy for me for some reason just cuz I don't like birds. Um but then you have this uh this you have these medical researchers named Suki and Amaru and uh they're like looking into this uh into this uh disease in peru and you end up in peru hong kong and madagascar and uh there's a astronaut uh named uh, adam uh and uh he is the husband of uh policeman jake uh and he's always been really kind of insecure and always felt like adam is the braver one the stronger one the more admirable one and uh, you have adam coming back through uh from space and uh and so they are attacked and adam gets infected with the disgusting you know what at first it reminded me a little bit of is the weird tooth person that's what i thought too i thought there was going to be some connection to that (laughs) because that was gross too i know i thought but uh but yeah i mean i thought it was pretty there's quite a bit of carnage for this episode i mean what at least two people die two three something like that yeah Uh, i guess it didn't bother me as much because you don't see any like or like that's what gets to me like Uh they just dissolved into like bits of shell or whatever they turned into but it didn't bother me as much as if they'd like yeah and bloody and gory when those scales are coming up their body uh it was it was pretty i thought it was pretty pretty crazy but um uh, you get i think that yaz gets a little more to do in this episode than she's had in most of the season uh you get a little personality from her she's with gabriella she kind of has to try to be like you know get it together <laughs> the the whole thing, thing with gabriella i that it was just so weird because like her friend died and she didn't seem that upset like she moved on real quick and i was yeah. like why That's isn't true. she more upset about this like but by the end she's like totally happy and she goes off with the two guys like their best friends but mm. like they didn't really even know her she just seemed like a weird character yeah i was so confused by like everything she did yeah that's true but you do see that yaz uh sees the um her and yaz and gabrielle end up with like following the aliens and uh there's a kind of a a um there's like i said there's this lady suki uh who has this lab in madagascar and and so they basically find out that that suki is also sick and that uh their plan was to try to kind of use humans as guinea pigs basically yeah and uh and so uh the doctor uh that she starts to kind of put all the pieces together and uh the uh the birds there the birds were like the first most susceptible to it 
and and then that's what makes them kind of violent and crazy birds <laughs> and so she's able to create the antidote yeah in suki's lab and uh we we find out that the the disease is called praxis praxis and uh so the um uh suki ends up uh leaving but then you have i thought a pretty gnarly scene when the birds kill uh amaru the one of the one of the aliens on was the he an alien i i yeah he was there sure. with suki i think so they didn't really explain it that well i was confused by who he was yeah other than just this guy who was helping her i think he was an alien i was pretty okay. sure i thought he was but i don't know that makes sense but they never said specifically so i wasn't ever sure yeah and uh so adam basically volunteers to take the antidote be the uh, test dummy and uh and so he's he could die and what did you think of the whole sort of romance between adam and jake it was fine but i had the same problem with them as like every single other character in this episode like there were so many characters in here they hardly got any fleshing out that i really didn't care about any of them Mm-hmm. like that was my biggest problem with this whole episode was like i didn't really care about anybody in this episode like everybody was fine that's all i can say about them they were fine and like when he was about to die i was like well here we go again this is so cliche and then i was a little surprised that they didn't have him die because i was all ready to be angry at the writers for lazily killing somebody off when the doctor could save them in the TARDIS and then she mm-hmm. did it's like well why didn't you do that like a few episodes ago with the mother and daughter you could have gone back and saved them mm-hmm. but no, I did like that they subverted my expectations and actually saved them and gave them a happy ending but like <laughs> it was just fine yeah I mean it's like, too bad that she, was fine. she couldn't save uh the the people who had gotten killed by the disease up to that point uh but they find out that they're actually the tardis is like taking them uh under the ocean they're in like a pocket bubble caused by all the plastic mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting uh, and it kind of goes back into the whole theme of they're really pushing that environmental environmentalist message uh, i will say though that they did it better in this episode than they did in the last one because there was no like turning to the camera right. and giving this big long sermon about how bad we're treating the planet it was like it was it actually made sense in the story and they didn't have to invent this ridiculous scenario mm-hmm. like they're all the stuff about the plastic like there are literal giant patches of garbage the size of islands in the oceans they didn't need to make that up that's a real thing mm. there are microplastics that are literally inside our bodies at all times because we've put them into everything so they didn't need to make anything up to prove their point about pollution and i liked that they used something that was actually going on in the real world rather than going hundreds of millions of years in the future and saying that oh humanity ruined the planet then they turned into these gross monster creatures that was just dumb yeah this this way 
the message right. actually makes sense. And I yeah. appreciated that they actually tried to give a better message. With well, and also they trust the audience to actually, yes. yeah, they were not stupid. We don't they need do, to spell they didn't out. Need to have this big long speech at the camera. Right, about right. <laughs> like they didn't allow <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I don't, I thought that, like I said, I thought the whole, those scales, I thought they were creepy. I definitely felt like, ooh, yuck uh, about it. <laughs> but uh, Suki ends up dying because the antidote doesn't work on her uh, because she's not human. And so she dies. And, uh, and then the doctor uh, is able to cure Adam and uh that you know they really try to make that an, an emotional moment between adam and jake mm -hmm. um which was sweet enough i thought but i'm a sucker for a romance <laughs> yeah uh, i appreciate that they actually gave somebody a happy ending for once because it seems like at least in recent episodes they've really tried to go for the i don't know tragic death to like it, it feels fake like the old couple in the other uh, yeah in the terrible episode 55. 55 the old couple having the the husband get killed to like for no reason like yeah. they, they could have saved him there was no reason to have him just get killed right and then have the old lady die as well it just it just feels forced so i did appreciate that they actually gave these two guys a happy ending for sure yeah definitely and basically like jake uh that they're gonna the ship is kind of sinking and so the autopilot fails and so jake is going to pilot the ship and uh and uh, he uh he's he's going to uh they're going to try and spread the the antidote over the whole planet and uh and so he's going to sacrifice himself in order to do that uh but the doctor in the tardis is able to rescue him uh before the ship explodes and then you see jake adam and gabriella uh they uh they're they they're off together to travel the world and um so that should be an interesting trio i guess yeah i guess <laughs> like i don't know what she had to do with the two guys it just seemed like she was inserting herself somewhere just because she wanted to have an adventure i don't know I'd, yeah. i didn't know what to make of her character at all yeah i don't know i thought this one like i said i it creeped me out sufficiently that i i enjoyed it i thought it was fun both the birds and the creepy scales i thought both of those were 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 pretty well done and i liked the romance well enough and so this one i think was pretty decent i liked it, it kind of reminded me of the um the tree one from uh remember that one yeah where the person becomes the tree yeah that was creepy too um so yeah i mean i'd probably give it like a probably give the first one uh, because it was had so many fun with Fugitive of Dune. Probably give it like an, I don't know, like an 8 out of 10. We'll have to see. It depends on what they go do with it. And then it would be even higher. But I think I'd give this proxy, I think I'd give it like a 6. Yeah. 5. I, I would I'd say I'm, I would give the first one, Fugitive of Dune. That one 
that was like an instant nine for me. Mm-hmm. Like the I, almost everything was perfect in that episode. I just I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I think six is probably pretty fair for this one mm-hmm. yeah. as well. So it should be pretty fun. And uh, we have the next one, next two episodes. Can you hear me? And then the haunting of Villa Diodati Diodori. Um, so that should be fun. And uh, the um, uh, and the the next two are both directed by women uh, by the same by a woman named Emma Sullivan. So that should be fun. And all the next ones are all uh, written by Chris Chris Chibnall so okay uh, so he did he write uh fugitive of the june i'm pretty sure he did he did yeah yes he co-wrote he, he it. can be hit or miss for me but if he if he can write them as well as he wrote fugitive of the june i'll be happy yeah i mean luckily he didn't write orphan 55 <laughs> that wasn't him <laughs> so, yeah he wrote spyfall both of them he wrote Fugitive of the Jadoon with another writer named Vinay Patel. Um, okay. And then he wrote Praxius with Pete McTiggy, McTiggy, something like that. Um, and then both of these next two, he's a co-writer. Um, and then the, the finale he wrote outright. Okay. So anyway, we'll have to see what he comes up with. But well, I hope he's, gonna pick up some threads that were left off in fugitive of the june because i just want to know where that's going i, I want know more of that story yeah like if they don't explain more of that doctor art that would be very frustrating yes because i don't know it's just confusing i mean yeah. and because they have counted doctors that are only in uh like a they have that one that's just a tv movie right yeah and he, he's been counted as canon they even made a little short to bridge the gap between him and another doctor who was kind of brought in as a surprise who comes before nine yeah yeah so they would have to count it her as the 14th doctor right if if that's where she comes in because we still don't know where she comes in like we don't know how she fits into the timeline there's a bunch of theories floating around as to where she could fit in because apparently i like i haven't seen most of the original series like i watched i think i've watched all of the seventh doctor and i've probably watched a bunch of four or five and six because i had pbs and i would watch doctor who every saturday night when i was a teenager but like Mm -hmm. the early ones with black and white and when there's like a lot of missing episodes apparently they never had a full regeneration filmed between I think the second and third doctor, like they never filmed a regeneration, like it never happened on screen. So people are wondering if maybe she fits in between number two and three. And then there's another theory where maybe she's from a whole different line of doctors, maybe that came before the first doctor, like the first, like maybe the first doctor wasn't the first doctor. He just had his memory wiped. So it's 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 very confusing as to where where she's going to fit in i like to think that maybe she's like an alternate universe doctor because they have played with alternate universes before and they talked about and i this would almost make me forgive some of 
Orphan 55's transgressions. But they talked about the outcome of planet Earth in Orphan 55 as being just one possibility of the future. So obviously they're kind of dabbling in alternate timelines there a little bit. So maybe she's from another timeline, which I think is a cool thing that they could explore. It would it would help it would make her still be the same person as the doctor, just her life branched off at a different point. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. There's a lot of possibilities there could be and there's I'm sure there's other theories that people if, have that if just she, heard. If she ends up being earlier in the timeline, so would everybody else bump up a spot then? If she say she's like the like you were saying with this I don't the, think they I don't think they would renumber the doctors because they didn't when they inserted somebody between eight and nine they uh-huh. didn't renumber all the doctors after that they just gave him another name they call him the war doctor because he was the doctor who was during the time war so i think they would probably just give her a name if she comes before and they just call her the ruth doctor because that's her name in the show mm-hmm. so i don't think they'd renumber everybody yeah interesting because the numbers the numbers aren't part of the show itself that's just something the fans use to keep track of which doctor you're talking about because they're all the same character but -hmm. the doctor doesn't refer to herself as the 13th doctor none of the doctors before her referred to themselves as the seventh doctor or the 10th doctor Mm. or the second doctor or whatever yeah so and i i did read uh, earlier this week that I guess the actor who plays Ryan has gotten a gig on a on a on a, another show, so people are thinking that they'll be he'll this this will be the end for his character at least uh, at the end mm. of this season. I forget what they said the show was called, uh, but that uh, that and I don't know if um they'll go down to just having two companions or if they'll get totally new companions or what's going to happen but that's going to be interesting to see yeah what happens because do you think it's worked having so many companions or do you prefer just having the one i don't mind there being multiple companions i just think that the way they've handled them has not been the best Mm -hmm. like i don't think they've been giving them enough backstory like i think i've said this before yeah but like my my favorite thing about the companions is when they have full lives outside of the doctor and you uh, you sometimes like go home visit the families have an adventure maybe with the family and then you're off doing an adventure in space or whatever here it's just like the companions are just there as companions like it's basically the companions as they were back back in the 60s 70s when the companions were just there as somebody to go with the doctor for the doctor to play off of they're not really given a full story and i know they have they did have a story for graham and ryan back in season one but that kind of has played out now and now they're just kind of there yeah they're usually just kind of watching yeah yeah and yes she had snippets of a story but not enough to make me really feel a connection to her like I did back when the f- series first restarted with Rose. Right. You have this instant connection with Rose because you got to know her as a full person on her own 
before she even meets the dark, before they even go off on an adventure together. Right. So it really helps when you have the companions be a character outside of them as a companion of the doctor. And it really doesn't feel like they've gotten much of that. So mm-hmm. I guess it just comes down to who's writing it. And I'm, I don't think that the writers have known what to do with so many companions. But writers in the past have done well with multiple companions. Has there been ever been three before? Or is this the first time with three? I think there has been three maybe for an episode here and there, but not three permanent companions that are always there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there has been, but usually it's one, sometimes it's two, but usually if there's three, they're, it's just like temporary. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, they had, I think these were both pretty strong so we'll have to see what they do next uh so we'll have two more episodes of the podcast uh after episode eight and then after the two-part finale and that'll be really fun so thanks so much for joining me to talk about these episodes and if you're listening let me know what you thought let us know what you thought of these two episodes did you enjoy the big reveals in fugitive of the judoon did you think that the birds and <laughs> the scales the disease that were creepy like i did uh in Fraxius. let us know that would be really fun and so thanks so much and jonathan where can people find you you can find me all over social media at john j north and you can find my youtube channel and podcast that will be on youtube and anchor iheart movies and the most recent episode rachel was on with me we talked about the most recent three Pixar Spark shorts. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, so make sure you check that out if you're a fan of Pixar. Yeah, definitely take a look at that. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And at the Hallmarkies podcast, we have a ton of fun. So thanks very much. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everybody. Bye.